first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Numbers, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. Can have a word of the Lord. They traveled from Mount Har along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the desert? There's no bread, there's no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who's bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, he lived. It's the word of God for the people of God. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 10 through 21. Hear now the word of the Lord. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. So, I know what you're probably thinking, or at least we're probably thinking after that first scripture reading, which is what is going on with Moses and the people and the snakes. I don't know if you knew that there was a point where the people of Israel got attacked by snakes in the desert, but it happened. It was one of many things that happened in the desert. And it's a strange story, not one that we often will linger on, but it's an important one nonetheless. Because as it turns out, every story in Scripture tells us something about God. And it's important for us to, uh, to understand them, because as we understand them better, we come to understand God more fully. Especially in this case, since Jesus references this exact story. And so we need to go back before we can even look at this and look at that one, but also realizing that we're looking at the Gospel of John this morning, too. And John 
uses, uh, he, he says things that can be confusing to us sometimes. He talks in a philosophical manner in ways that might be uh, unusual. They're not like things that we say now. And John, in particular, focuses on this contrast between darkness and light. And so we all know John 3.16. It's something that pops up at sporting events. It's something that exists in so many uh, Facebook quotes and Instagram bios and all over the place. People know John 3.16, and for good reason. It's a beautiful summary of a large part of the gospel. And yet we don't often think about the things that happen immediately before and immediately after it. But in order for us to understand the fullness of what Jesus is saying in this much-beloved verse, we have to understand everything that's going on at that moment. And so, to understand darkness as John is talking about it, we have to think about something beyond just the darkness of uh, when we turn off the lights at night. A little bit more than the darkness of midnight, even. When I think about this kind of darkness, I think about caverns. If you've ever been to a cavern, uh, then you know that one of the favorite experiences is for people to go down into the depths of the earth, a mile or so underground where there is no light whatsoever, and for them to shut off all of their artificial lighting so that it's pure darkness. And the darkness, when they do that, is so, it's so dense. It almost has a texture. You can almost feel it. It's almost oppressive and claustrophobic. It feels like ink all around you, even though you're standing in the midst of a giant open space. Even though you can hear water dripping and people shifting on their feet. It takes on a different kind of meaning that you can't see because you are surrounded by absolute darkness. When we talk about how Jesus changed, uh, changes lives, we've been talking about that for several weeks now. We have to ask this question, you know, whenever there's a change, it's from something to something. So what is it that Jesus is changing us from to? Where is that shift occurring? Well, the best way for us to understand the New Testament, this passage included, is for us to understand the Old Testament too. Jesus knew the Old Testament. He alluded to it all the time. The most referenced book in the New Testament is the book of Psalms. And so we have to know the Old Testament to know what Jesus was talking about. And that's what brings us back to the story of the Israelites and the snakes. It's a strange story, like I said, but it's a powerful one. Every story tells us something about God, because that's what Scripture is about at the end of the day. We often like to ask the question, what does this have to say about my current life, about my experiences, about my struggles? But the truth is, what Scripture is actually talking about isn't us at all. It's God. And this passage, like all of the others, tells us something about his nature. So the people of Israel at this point have been delivered out of Egypt. They've been freed from slavery. 
Pharaoh had tried to keep them, but God had uh, convinced him and Egypt to let them go. He'd done the impossible. And then he'd saved them from Pharaoh's armies as they were being pursued. And he took them and led them across the water miraculously. And yet, after all of that, once again, in this chapter of the book of Numbers, we find the people of Israel wishing that God would do more. They say, you know, God, thank you for for taking us out of Israel, but what's the point if you're just going to let us starve, as though keeping them fed and alive was going to be some kind of huge ordeal for the God who delivered them from Pharaoh? And God withdraws his hand in response. He withdraws his protection as the people are complaining at him and complaining at Moses, forgetting where their help has come from. And they got attacked almost immediately by snakes, venomous snakes. Many of them died, it says. But here's what we can know about God through this, is that when Moses and the priests bowed and prayed, deliverance from this. God gave them a way because God wanted them as he wants us to be saved and healed. For them, they were saved by remembering the source of their help, by remembering who it was that had protected them throughout this entire journey. And they were healed by having the venom that was killing them rendered impotent and powerless. But here's what we can know. The entirety of human history is the story of us turning away from God. You don't have to go very far into the Bible at all to find this. Just go to Genesis chapter 3 and see from the very beginning that we have been suffering under the painful, terrible consequences of sin from that first book Scripture. And in that story, might I add, that pain was also brought on by a serpent. And God says, the consequences of what you've done are this. Not because God is uh, condemning them for it, but because by removing themselves from God's presence, by disobeying, by, inter- by bringing sin into the world, They were no longer, things were no longer as they should be. And so God says, look, things are going to be hard now. Eve, when you have children, it's going to be painful. And it's going to be dangerous. Not because I am making it so, but because things aren't how I wanted them to be. Things aren't how they're supposed to be. And he tells Adam, look, you're going to have to work for your food. And the earth is going to fight you about it. It's going to put out thorns and thistles. And it's going to be hard, but it's because things are not how they're supposed to be. He says, there's going to be pain. There's going to be sadness, grief and loss, and sickness 
because things are not as they're supposed to be. And at the end of it all, you who are made from dust, who I gave my breath to, are going to return to the dust and die because things are not how they're meant to be. And what we can see is that the sin that came into the world right at the beginning, that sin is a poison, more venomous than any of these snakes that confronted Israel in the desert. And so that brings us to Jesus here in John chapter 3. There's a lot going on here and a lot that we can dig into, but I think a good place to start is in verse 18, because Jesus says, if you believe in him, then you won't be condemned. But if you don't, then you're already condemned by your own unbelief. He says, humanity is on trial. And here is what the judge has found. He says, the light has come into the world, but people love darkness because their deeds are evil and they don't want anyone to see, not even themselves. They're doing. And so they'd rather stay in darkness than step into the light. He says, we're dying because of the poison of our sin. And we can't even see it. We can't even recognize just how sick we are because we live in darkness, the darkness of original sin, the sin that permeates our entire world. It's the sin that tells us that everything that we do is good. It says it's normal. And we believe it because we love the darkness. But the truth is, as we see through Christ, and as we can see in our own lives, living in that darkness is not freedom as we think it is. But rather, the darkness keeps us trapped. Trapped, in, uh, trapped because we don't want to grapple with the consequences of our own actions. If we leave the safety of the dark, then we have to reckon with what we've done. If we step into the light of Christ and we see just how far we have strayed individually, then we have to, we have to deal with that. And we don't want to. But friends, that is what for the past several weeks we've been calling repentance. And the truth is, if we don't step into the light, if we don't gaze upon Christ, then we've already condemned ourselves. We don't need anyone else to do it. We have condemned ourselves. But as always in Scripture, there is good news. There's always good news. For the Israelites, the good news was that when Moses prayed, God said, no, I don't want all of you to die. And he gave Moses instructions to build a bronze snake and raise it up so that the people could look at it and remember the source of their help and be saved by returning to God and be healed from their poison. And so Moses lifted up a bronze snake on a pole so that the people could be healed by gazing at it. But for us, 
poisoned by the serpent's temptation from the beginning. God lifted up his son, Jesus Christ, on a cross so that we, by following him, could be healed. That we could be saved by remembering the source of our life. And that we could be healed by having the power of sin and death rendered entirely powerless. Just as God left the poison and the venom of the snakes powerless, so too does he leave the sickness that comes from sin powerless over us. Left on our own, we'll slowly die of this sin sickness and not even know what's happening because we can't even see the truth. We'll die slowly without even realizing that we're sick because we walk in darkness so thick that you can almost feel it. And when you can feel it, you can't feel anything else because that's all that there is. And when that's the case, we can't even tell what good and evil really are. Because as scripture says, we all do what's right in our own minds. But it's only by the light of Christ that we can see what is actually good. Friends, Christ has been lifted up so that we can follow him and know what good is. We can follow him and know that good is found in loving the people around you, even when they can't do anything for you. We can know that good is found in giving far beyond what's expected. It's found in caring for the sick and the needy, intending to the lonely and the outcasts. And friends, there are more people lonely right now than you could possibly imagine. It's found in praying day and night and chasing after him so that we can chase after holiness in ways that only Jesus has made possible. He's been lifted up so that we can turn our eyes upon him and be healed. Healed of our anxiety and our fear, of our anger and our addiction. Healed of hopelessness and apathy. Indeed, healed of sin and death itself. He's been lifted up so that we can walk in the light of Christ and be saved. Let's pray again this morning. Gracious God, we thank you for raising up your Son so that we, under his righteousness, could be saved, could be brought back into your, your church. Lord, I pray that you would draw each of our hearts back to you, that you would shine your light into them. You would cast out all of the darkness that keeps us blinded to you, O oh God, so that we could see clearly the hand that has been extended to us. Bring healing into our lives. Bring salvation into our lives. And keep us close to you, that we might dwell in your house forever. In Christ's holy name, amen. Mm -hmm.